0: As we just heard, our passage this morning is Jesus continuing his Sermon on the Mount, which we've heard for the last couple of weeks, this morning talking about salt. Chapter five, beginning with verse 13. Let us listen for and hear God's holy word. When Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, How can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've come not to abolish, but to fulfill. I've come for truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of one letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them, and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless the righteousness, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May your good news come, O Lord, not only in the word spoken, but in and through the power of your Holy Spirit, And with full assurance, amen. It was the final exam in U.S. history at a large state university. More than 300 students were crammed into the lecture hall. The exam was to count for 50% of the final grade, and the professor was a notoriously tough grader. You could feel the tension in the air as the students were writing furiously in their blue books. All except one, that is. About two-thirds of the way back in the hall, one student was cheating just as blatantly as he could. He had a cheat sheet out on his desk to which he referred often. At one point, he pulled out his textbook to check an answer. When neither of those worked, he made no attempt to hide his leaning over to look at his neighbor's answer. The professor saw all of this, of course. Everyone in the lecture hall saw it. But rather than disrupt the whole class, the professor decided she'd let the man finish his exam and then confront him when he turned it in. As the students began to finish and leave the room, they placed their blue books in a stack on the table at the front of the room where the professor sat. When most of the students had left, the cheater packed up his belongings and started to walk to the front as well. When he got to the table, the professor said, young man, you've been cheating throughout this entire exam. I'm not going to accept your work. You will fail this course. At that, the student looked at the professor and said, do you know who I am? The professor replied, I don't care who you are. You cheated, and so you've failed this class. The student asked again, but do you know who I am? The professor said, that doesn't matter. You cheated, you fail. One last time, the student leaned forward to her and said, do you know who I am? Finally, the professor replied, no, I don't know who you are and I don't care. And with that, the student picked up half the stack of exams, slid his in the middle, and quickly put the others down on top. He said, Good, turned on his heel, and walked out the door. (laughs) Do you know who I am? Or the better question, do we know who we are? Jesus addresses that issue right off the bat in these words from Matthew's gospel You are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. One of the nuances of Koine Greek, the language in which this text and the whole of the New Testament are originally written, one of the nuances is that, by and large, pronouns are optional. You wouldn't know that from reading English translations because they're always supplied for us, because in English, pronouns are not optional. But in Greek, Pronouns are optional because they're usually implied in the verb instead of explicitly stated. So, when pronouns do appear in the Greek New Testament, like they do in this morning's passage, it's one of those things that tells us it's a pretty good sign that we ought to be paying attention. And because of the pronouns, we know that Jesus is being emphatic here about to whom he's referring. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You, not them, not the Pharisees, not the scribes, not the religious professionals, but you, ordinary, faithful, common folk, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Listen to what I'm saying, pay attention. I'm talking about you. Which is all well and good, but Jesus doesn't ask if we want to be salt and light. On first reading, it feels a little strange, like being handed a name tag or a job description without ever having applied for the position. But it's important to remember that Matthew is writing to an audience who, is Jew- who are Jewish Christians. That's why there are so many quotes from the Hebrew scriptures in this gospel. The Old Testament is what they know. That's why Matthew has Jesus deliver the Sermon on the Mount, as we've heard over the last couple of weeks. But in Luke, it's described, the same scene's described as Jesus standing on a level place. Matthew wants his readers to equate Jesus with Moses, who brings the Ten Commandments down from Mount Sinai. So Matthew's audience is made up of faithful Jews who know their Bibles. They know it well. And when they hear Jesus tell them, go be salt, it's a very loaded metaphor. In the Hebrew scriptures, salt was used, as Meredith tells us, to season and preserve and to purify. It was also used symbolically when covenants were ratified. To eat salt with someone signified a bond of friendship and loyalty. So the fact that Jesus uses the image of salt here is important. In the same way, when those Jewish Christians heard light of the world, they would immediately remember things like, Arise, shine, for your light has come, as the prophet Isaiah states. And your word is a lamp unto my path from the Psalms. And the people who dwelled in darkness have seen a great light. So with the titles of salt and light, Jesus is telling his listeners that being salt and light is a responsibility, that it's their responsibility. It's our responsibility and not just something someone else who gets paid to do should be doing. Least of all, the religious professionals. And I think we Presbyterians understand that because I think it's encoded somewhere deep in the DNA of our faith. That's why in the Presbyterian church, the session has final authority on matters concerning the life of the congregation and not the pastors. That's why we have lay folk and deacons and elders to take on ministries of witness and sympathy and compassion rather than hiring someone else to do it. We Presbyterians understand that ministry and discipleship are things for which all of us are responsible, not some specialized work to be done by an appointed few. And that's important to remember every day, especially on Sundays, like a couple of weeks ago when we ordained and installed our new officers, elders and deacons who will help lead this church for the next three years. They've been elected to lead not to do all the work. If you allow them to do all the work, you'll burn them out. And you yourselves will miss out on opportunities to be part of what God is up to in this corner of the kingdom. Follow their lead, but remember, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. I remember watching a video a few years ago that I think missed this point in a big way. I'm not sure who made the video, but I'll never forget the subject. The whole video was a series of folks of all ages answering the question, what's the point of being a Christian? There were probably a couple dozen people who answered, but when all was said and done, a typical answer from that group was something like Christianity or our faith is all about accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior so that when you die, you go to heaven. It's an answer we probably hear more often to this question than not. And it's not a terrible, an inherently bad answer, but I remember feeling so disheartened at the end because something was missing. These good Christian folks had boiled their faith down so much that it had been turned into some sort of ticket you get into some future one day, someday. The point of their faith became trying to live their lives in order to check a box or to believe a proposition so that they could get the prize. Jesus didn't say, you're my brilliant followers, think about me the right way and you'll be saved. Nor did he say, you are my extremely trusting believers, believe wild things about me, pray the right way and you'll never suffer. No. Instead, he said things like, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Not if you say the right things or act the right way or believe the right truth or belong to the right group or anything else. You are salt. You are light right now, period. Think about it like this. Say you're a parent of a very strong-willed and stubborn nine-year-old. Your child misbehaves or does something wrong or blatantly does the opposite of what you've asked of him. You could sit, Asher, I mean, your child down and say, look, if you have any hope of continuing to be my child, then you need to get your act together. Straighten up and fly right. You need to behave or I'm going to move out and not tell you the new address. We don't say that. Diana tells me I can't. (laughs) What we say are things that are more like, you are my child. I love you. I want the best for you. You're mine, no matter what you do. Now, be who you are. Live your life knowing that that will never change not because of anything we've believed or anything we pray or we might say or anything that we've checked off the list. We're Jesus's beloved disciples because of who he is and what he's done. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying in Matthew 5 with his proclamation. You are light, you are salt right now. Now go out and live like it. A few months ago, I mentioned some statistics about the self-esteem and how it works in children and how it's related to the messages that they hear. You may not remember and that's okay because I'm gonna talk a little bit about it now. Psychologists say that for every negative message, elementary age children hear about themselves and these days, they hear a lot. They need to hear 10 positive ones to rebuild their self-esteem just to get it back to where it was. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that were also the case for every single one of us. To put it another way, children become what they're called. Call a child bad long enough, and he or she will believe you and they'll act badly. Call a child or a teenager or an adult worthless or unlovable or shameful, and eventually he or she, all of us, will live into the name that they've been assigned. In the same way, call us good or useful, dependable, loyal, or worthwhile, and we'll grow into that identity and behavior as well. That's why Jesus wants to be sure that we hear it over and over and over again. You are salt. You are light. You are my beloved. You are my disciples. You are my friends for whom I lay down my life. I'm the vine. You are the branches. You are my witnesses. You're no longer strangers and aliens, but citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You are the body of Christ. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. If you leave this sanctuary today and remember only one thing I've said, I hope it's this. This church, for any of its limitations and challenges, is God's answer to what's wrong in the world. Each of you is Christ's very real presence here on earth. You, just as you are right now in this time and in this place, are Jesus' salt that's healing wounds a giving Savior in people's lives. You are Christ's light, shining so that all may see that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So get out there and just be you and let your light shine for all to see. Amen.
1: Let us now go to God in prayer. O oh God, light of our lives, we pray that we may truly become the salts and the light of the world. Lord, let your light shine in us, that there may be, may be more love on earth, Lord. We ask you to empower us to share the love you have for us with those that we encounter boldly and to share more readily with those in need. Lord, let your light shine in us that there may be greater justice on earth. Allow us to boldly stand for those in this world who cry for freedom from bondage, for those who live in fear from poverty, racism, war, all those things that separate us from knowing true life and you. Lord, let your light shine in us that there may be more peace on earth. Allow all nations to put an end to words of hatred and threats of revenge. Let us put down our swords of war and pick up the bonds of mercy and grace that heal and restore. Lord, let your light shine in us. That there may be more joy on earth where we might cherish each other fully celebrating the image of God that is reflected in each of us, where we lift up those who have long lived in shadows and rejoice when we all come together at your banquet table of abundance. Lord, let your light shine in us, that there may be more faith on earth. Allow your people to live as children of light before you and in the sight of all we encounter. Lord, let your light shine in us, that we might cherish the bodies and minds you have given us. Praying for those who suffer and need comfort, we lift up those known to us Dave and Rita Dennis, Ian Phillips, and Susan Limbaugh. Lord, let your light shine in us, and let us share that light with those who need it most. Lord God, we pray that your light may shine on all of your creation. However limited we are, let our words and actions reflect the light of your love. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. And we pray now that prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now continue to worship God through our tithes and offerings.